This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. In my last podcast, we took a look at what we called A Lost Way, The Golden Rule, Part 1. We took that from the scripture in Matthew seven twelve, where Jesus, during the Sermon on the Mount, said, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And later in the book of Matthew, a Pharisee asked Jesus to name the greatest commandment, and here's what Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. For all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Those two commandments sum up the whole Ten Commandments. So the first four commandments really was about loving the Lord our God in all that we have and all that we are, so to speak. And then the last six commandments was really talking about the golden rule. Really, it's about doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so last time we talked about the importance of honoring your father and your mother, which really is the commandment with promise. And we talked about the spirit of murder, and we also talked about sexual temptation or not committing adultery. In retrospect, I realized there was so much to cover in Commandments 5, 6, and 7 in the Golden Rule Part 1 that I think I'll break down the next couple of ones per commandment. So the next commandment in our series on the Golden Rule is commandment number 8, which is, Thou shall not steal, or you shall not steal. G.K. Chesterton wrote this, Thieves respect property. They merely wish the property to become their property that they may respect it more perfectly. You see, the desire to possess what others have is what we call covetousness. The act of taking, by stealth or by force, the thing desired is called stealing. See, stealing is more than just loss of property. People have had their homes burglarized, purses snatched, cars stolen, or who have been victimized by fraud feel violated, traumatized, and insecure. They become reluctant to trust or offer help to others for fear that they may be tricked again by some con artist. And as they trust less, they withdraw more, which hurts society as a whole. Giving, helpful people are becoming suspicious and unwilling to be duped. As a result, those who really need help are deprived of assistance, and those in a position to help are deprived of the joy or opportunity of giving. Even when people overall have an element of prosperity, they begin to enjoy what they have less and less because they live in a fear of someone taking from them or stealing from them that which they worked so hard for. Perhaps this is one of the reasons Jesus commanded his disciples to treasure the things that that are in heaven, which can't be stolen even by Satan himself. See, Satan is the ultimate thief. In their infamous rock anthem to Satan, Sympathy for the Devil, the Rolling Stones band played the part of the devil's advocate by presumably introducing the public to Satan's role in history. In this Rolling Stones song, Satan voices his observation concerning the reaction of people to his activity. Here's a quote from that song. I guess what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. See, if audiences were more knowledgeable of the teachings of Jesus, they wouldn't be so puzzled because John 10.10 says, Concerning this thief, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. See, Satan's ultimate goal 
is to steal the lives and souls of men any way he can. In other words, he wants to rip us off. The devil robs people of their capacity for joy, for faith, for overall peace of mind, and for giving and receiving love. He plans destruction against people, so they will become discouraged and feel a sense of hopelessness. Satan wants to steal our possessions and to harm or destroy our souls through loss. What wolf ever broke into a sheepfold to steal the sheep's grass or water? The wolf's intention is only interested in getting to the sheep. But Jesus, the shepherd of the sheep, came to give them life and protect them from being plundered. He does this by making us aware of Satan's strategies so that we can avoid excessive desire for earthly things. I love the scriptures where it says that we should give no place to the devil, but to do that, we have to be aware of the wiles of the devil. Once our focus and perspective has been adjusted to desire the spiritual over the physical, God then can restore the spiritual things the devil has taken from us, such as vision, purpose, peace, and hope for good in this life, as well as an assurance of eternal life. Like most sins, though, stealing begins in the heart of man. The desires, passions, and otherwise covetous urges that we have will eventually lead to theft, if not resisted through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Less obvious instances of theft are like this, loafing on the job, failing or procrastinating to pay bills, keeping something that is borrowed, not paying taxes, etc. Anything that disrespects someone else's ownership is a form of covetousness and stealing. If a person takes something without permission or refuses to give something that has been agreed upon, he is guilty of theft. Another very damaging form of theft takes place through reckless and antagonistic speech. Putting a price on a man's reputation is difficult, if not impossible, but dishonoring or impugning his reputation with words of stealing from him. That is why gossip and slander are deadly tools from the hands of Satan. Also, it seems that we're living in a culture in a time where even stealing from employers and their government is a common offense. People tend to rationalize this because the victims are large, faceless entities. Some may reason things like, well, they'll never miss a little bit here and there. After all, they throw away massive amounts anyway in red tape alone. And as for sick days... What are they for if I don't use them? It's not like they don't know people take a little extra time off now and then. And besides, the Lord knows how tired I am. This is thinking out of a culture, a world system governed by Satan. But it's not the thinking of Jesus. And it seems to me, especially as believers in Christ, should we not do things with excellence and as unto the Lord as a testimony of the goodness of God and the kingdom of God? Matthew 5.16, which I've quoted many, many times, says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father in heaven. I believe as believers especially, we should do things as unto the Lord and seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things that are important to us will be added to us. God is not interested in what we think is fair in our own eyes. He's interested in our faithfulness to our agreements and responsibilities. In Matthew 20, Jesus tells of the vineyard owner, who needed workers. And early one morning, he hired some laborers who agreed to work for a certain amount of money. Later that morning, he hired more laborers. He returned to a town a third time and recruited still more help. When paychecks were divvied out or distributed at the end of the day, those who were hired early in the day got angry because those who were hired later received the same amount of pay but didn't work as long. When they complained to the owner, the owner rebuked them, saying this, In Matthew chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. Friend, 
I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarii? So take what is yours and go your way. But I wish to give to this last man the same as you. After all, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? Matthew 20, verse 13 through 15. See, the key statement in this passage is this, what is my own? The money did not belong to the laborers, but to the owner. You see, the wages promised to the first workers seemed fair to them when they first took the jobs, but they got angry only after they saw others getting blessed. They felt they had been treated unfairly even though they received what they had agreed on. Today, many people find themselves in similar situations. They develop a bad attitude and slack off because they feel the company owes them something, but is it stealing? I think at times, even as Christians, we can have a similar attitude towards the things due God. We see in Malachi chapter 1 that this offends the Lord Himself. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6, 8, and 14 says this, A son honors his father and a servant his master. So then, if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, How we despise thy name. The Lord says, When you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly? Cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 1, verse 6, 8, and 14. I know this is a little segueing a little bit off, but I've always quoted this by David Livingston, the great missionary to Southern Africa. He used to say this, Why is it when an earthly king commissions us, we consider it or count it an honor? But when the heavenly king commissions us, we call it a sacrifice. You see, it's all about perspective, perception, and attitude. If we're going to be having the kind of attitude of the characteristics of the kingdom that emanate from the character of the king, then we need to keep a right perspective, keep our perceptions right, and most definitely keep a right attitude, especially when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God, because we are a people of an unshakable kingdom. We also represent, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, another kingdom. Yes, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. These scriptures are a reminder to us that God is displeased with those who deny Him of what is rightfully His, by breaking their vows to Him or trying to substitute something inferior than what they had promised to God. You see, God wants us to give Him our very best. The Bible says that we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, Romans 12.1. When we give Him the last of our efforts, the breadcrumbs off of our table, so to speak, we're telling Him that He doesn't deserve the honor that we give to others. Scripture is clear when it says to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, which is the glory due His name. Are we robbing from the Lord? Are we stealing from the Lord when we make excuses like, I don't have enough time to prioritize a time of praying and talking to God or reading His Word? We must look honestly at what takes up our time. Is television and entertainment worthy of greater honor than God? And what about our finances? We're always saying we don't have enough. We don't have enough to do this. We don't have enough to do that. And especially, we don't have enough to give to the things of God, to advance the kingdom of God for missions or even for our local churches and our tithes and offerings and almsgiving. There's always an excuse. But I learned a long time ago 
when I was in the fitness business and in the business world, people will always afford what they really want. And if we're really honest with ourselves, and there's something about being honest that attracts God's presence, if we're really honest with ourselves, we tend to prioritize those things we really want. And oftentimes, the things of God are put at the bottom of the list. I've heard people say, well, I can't afford this, and I can't afford that, or I can't do this, and I can't do that. But when it comes down to something they really want, they always find a way to buy that favorite clothing item, to buy that that newest electronic component, to afford that special trip. But when it comes to prioritizing the purpose of God and seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, we tend to put that lower on the list than making the first part of our list. Remember, the word says very clearly, seek ye first. In other words, prioritize first the things of God. So oftentimes we rob God of our time. We rob God of our, of our relationship with Him. We rob Him of our, of our time, talent, resources, gifting. We tend to put those things lower on the list, which is not excellence towards the purposes of God, yet we expect the best from God. If this is true, then we're offering God the equivalent of lame, blind, and blemished sacrifices. To withhold our talents, our devotion, and resources from God is to rob Him of what is rightfully His and exchange His blessing for a curse. You know, fear and greed are the two main forces that influence believers to rob God by withholding their time, talent, resources, even their finances. Those in bondage to fear or greed experience little of the blessings of God. But God's Word provides a solution. He says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. That's a whole other teaching there, a whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. What a powerful promise we're given in this scripture in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 11. If we cease from taking from God, robbing Him of our time, talent, and resources, quit giving Him the worst of our day, but give Him the best of our time and our talent, our giftings, our resources, even our finances for the purposes of the kingdom of God. We've got to learn to stop stealing from God so that we can learn to stop stealing from others as well. Let's give the Lord the best of our time, the best of our resources, and the best of our personal talents and giftings. He promises to work supernaturally on our behalf when we do. One of life's best feeling comes from walking in obedience to Scripture. The Scripture says, Owe no man anything except to love him. When a person truly experiences the forgiveness of sins, he makes restitution as far as possible for anything he may have stolen in the past. One such person mentioned in the Bible is Zacchaeus, a tax collector. In the time of Christ, tax collectors were despised because they often extorted more money than was required for taxes to make themselves rich. Zacchaeus was such a man. But on the day that Zacchaeus met Christ, he experienced a total change of heart. Formerly miserly and covetous regarding money, he repented and became generous. It says in Luke chapter 19, verse 8, And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Zacchaeus' response to the mercy of Jesus was to make restitution 
for what he had stolen and not only restitution, but he repaid four times more than the amount he had taken. Jesus took the heart of a thief and turned it into the heart of a generous man. Zacchaeus honored God by giving his finances to the poor and paying back with interest those he had wronged. Once make this type of commitment, there is no telling what the Lord can do. I have tried to make right what I have done wrong in every area of my life, and I know I fall very short. I haven't always been able to make restitution, but I have made many apologies to people I've hurt over the years, even if unintentionally. And if I haven't been able to find that person or my words were not received, I have learned to trust God by giving it all back to Him. As we took a little bit of a view of commandment number eight, that thou shalt not steal, it wasn't meant to be a full treatise on the Ten Commandments or especially commandment number eight, but a personal observation in my own personal journey of the importance to be honest with myself and with God. And then if I'm going to walk in the golden rule of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, then to love God is to also to love people. And it's also to be respectful and honorable and to make sure that I don't rob them of their reputation. I don't rob them through slander. I don't rob them through taking something that really doesn't belong to me, that belongs to someone else. And even where I rob someone of their character by the way that I undermine them because of my own personal jealousies or envies or personal biases. These are all things we need to submit to the altar of God. And that's another part of offering ourselves as living sacrifice, which are holy and acceptable unto God. As I place myself on the altar of God, I'm asking Him that He would be glorified in all that I do say and think. I pray that He would give me His heart, even in my flawed, frail humanity, That because of the great grace he's poured out on me, I want to extend that grace to others. At the same time, others may, I may not. I want to live in a place of a deeper consecration with God with higher expectations. That I may not project my personal consecrations on others, but I recognize the importance if I'm going to go into a place of depth with God and higher an expectation with God, then I have to yield and submit myself to the purposes of God in his word, through communication and prayer, through worship as well as making sure my mind is being washed regularly through the reading and studying of His Word. You know, it's hard sometimes in the life that we live and the fast-paced times that we may be going through, the difficulties and pressures, external stressors around us all the time. But the one thing I know, I want to give God the best of my time, the best of my resources, the best of my day, because I know that I put first the kingdom of God I do not rob God of what belongs to Him for what He's already done for me, this great and amazing and abounding grace of God. Then I know if I put Him first in all these things on my time, talent, and resources, then He will put all these other things that are important to me in place. It's about proper alignment, isn't it? And again, as I mentioned earlier, this is not an exhaustive treatise on the Eighth Commandment or even on the Ten Commandments, but I felt it was important to kind of go through these as we considered the Golden Rule As we consider the commandments, especially today, the eighth commandment, that thou shalt not steal, we don't want to rob from God what is is due his name, and we also don't want to rob for one another, even even slandering or, or demeaning someone else because we take from them what God's character intended for them. Even when we disagree with people, we can have civility in the way that we have our discourse. Today, let's take a moment to pray. And if you have a prayer request, please, you can always contact us at somebodycares at somebodycares.org or go to my website at somebodycares.org. We'd love to hear from you. But I'd like to pray today. 
Father, I thank you for your word and reminded in your word that godliness with contentment is great gain. Lord, I pray that you will fill me with the peaceful fruit of righteousness, that I might possess a heart free from covetousness, from any falsehood or theft of any kind against you or others. And Lord, even as King David prayed, if there be any hidden or presumptuous ways or sins, would you show them to me so I can bring them before you, that I can lay them at the altar of your mercy and grace? Help me to always entertain a pure and godly desire and thoughts towards you and others. And even where I disagree or people disagree with me, Lord, help me to walk in a response by the Spirit of God and not responding according to the flesh. And I know I fall short, Lord. I know that I, in my human frailty, in my, in my shortcomings, I know I fall very short. But by your abounding in great grace, I'm asking you to help me to walk in the characteristics of the kingdom. And by your grace, always be one who reflects the characteristics of Christ. Even as Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. God, help me to truly reflect you and Christ-likeness in all that I do say and think. And Lord, I'm praying wherever possible that I would always look upon the circumstances of others in Christ with the same concern that I have for myself. Grant me the skill in the warfare of the Spirit and the strength to keep fighting, not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. For I know your word is true, Lord, that says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulership of the air. I'm praying, Lord, that you'd help me to know how to do battle on my knees and to hear your voice clearly in my heart and spirit, that I might rise up, reflect you in a world that desperately needs to know you. God, I pray that you be glorified in all that I do say and think. Lord, I thank you for your truth. I thank you that you would help me to walk in obedience to your word and commands. I do this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to subscribe to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends podcast, please do so. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And please share this message and our other messages with others. God bless you. Again, if you have any prayer requests or have any needs, go to our website at somebodycares.org or email us at somebodycares at somebodycares.org. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.